Hello, hello everyone, and welcome back to the Plant Powered People podcast with your hosts, Michelle Kane and Tony Okamoto. Today, we are really honored to bring on special guest, Shara Aguirre. She is an entrepreneur, health enthusiast, food justice advocate, author of the book, Joyful Delicious Vegan, Life Without Heart Disease. And Tony and I have actually, we're in season four now, and for four seasons, we've been wanting to bring on someone who has struggled with heart disease themselves personally and with their family, because it is something that almost everyone has personal experience with. The number one cause of death in the United States is heart disease. And most people, as they start to get up in their years, experience some levels of issues with arteries and just various levels of heart disease. And so we thought this was so important and are so excited to have 72-year-old shining example Shara here to talk about her experience over the decades of living with, experiencing family struggle with heart disease and then her own personal experience with hypertension, being put on medication and ultimately choosing a plant-based diet and being a radiant, energetic, just incredibly inspiring example of health. This is also a great episode to share with someone who is experiencing any health issues. I do want to mention this is someone's experience and not medical advice. So if you are considering um, changing your lifestyle, do consult with your doctor. But I do find that Shira's experience is compelling and it's so relatable. I felt myself relating to so many things that she said about her family. My family has struggled severely for quite some time with a lot of the similar struggles that her family has experienced. So I hope that you find inspiration. She's doing so many good things, whether that's getting involved in your community or reclaiming your health or just passing this episode along to someone who could benefit. Lives can be saved from Shira's work. Hope you enjoy. (sighs) What a refreshing sound and a refreshing sip from our sponsors who we want to share for this episode. For the very first time, we're sharing with you Pedal, which is an incredible company that I have fallen head over heels in love with. They are an organic certified sparkling beverage seltzer. Yeah, they blend florals, fruits, and herbs into a really perfect, refreshing beverage. It's it's like a soda water. And I love serving them to my guests because we don't serve soda in our house or sugary drinks. And so uh, to have something that is refreshing with our dinner and a little bit fancier just is always a pleasure for our people. Yeah. And it's it's very different from soda. I'd say it's almost more like a sparkling water, uh, which Tony and I are slightly obsessed with every time we're together. The first thing that we do is go to the fridge and get out a sparkling water. And these ones are very, very lightly sweetened with agave and everything in it is natural. And it's just so cool seeing flavors that are different from like fruit flavors. These integrate flowers. There's rose, there's lemongrass dandelion, there's elderberry white tea flower, peach marigold, which is one of my favorites. Just so delicious and so refreshing. Their packaging is also really beautiful. Their whole style, if you check them out on social media or on their website and look at what they 
offer comprehensively. It's just so packaged perfectly. It has beautiful artwork on each can and the cans are kind of slimmer and taller. So it's just kind of a really elegant experience as you go and treat yourself to a sparkling water, which is really nice. And their and their tagline is raise your vibe. So definitely, definitely check them out. You can find them on Instagram. They have a really beautiful page at Drink Petal. And of course, their website where you can see all of this beauty come to life is drinkpedal.com. Thank you so much, Pedal, for sponsoring this episode. Our next sponsor is Vital Body Therapeutics. And I found out about them because I was trying to shop for my father-in-law who has everything. I did a quick Google search and I found that CBD is something that is recommended for someone who has everything. And he does sports. This is It was a perfect fit. So then I went on to look for companies who were reputable, who have high quality organic products, who had vegan products. And Vital Body Therapeutics came up. I sampled it. I gifted it. And I just really have loved using them myself. But uh, we've also replenished my father-in-law's stash as well. So we highly recommend them. And you can check them out at vitalbodytherapeutics.com. V-I-T-A-L bodytherapeutics.com. Thank you so much for sponsoring the show. Hi, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Where are you calling from today? I am calling from Houston, Texas. Oh, very nice. All right. So we want to dive right in. We want to know your story. Both Michelle and I read your whole website. I've listened to other interviews and you have such a compelling story that I feel so many people are going to resonate with on um, in our audience. So before we go really deep, can you tell us a little bit about your upbringing and how you grew up with food and how your family ate together? Well, as I said, I live in Texas and I've always lived in Texas. So that means that we're a meat-eating state. And so I ate more than my fair share of meat growing up. And of course, soul food, because Texas is part of the South and that's part of my food culture. So lots of of things that weren't always the healthiest, but then there were really good food traditions also that were. So I'm drawing now and learning from all of that. So did did your family grow up with um, fresh, fresh food? You know what? Fresh food and better quality food, actually, because my grandparents were farmers. And so we'd get a lot of fresh food uh, from them. We also had a lot of farms in the area. I grew up in East Texas. And so farming was a pretty big part of, you know, the local economy. So there was actually a lot of fresh food. And and back then, because you didn't have uh, big agriculture producing most of the food that we eat, it was fresher. It was local uh, by and large and not genetically modified back then, probably. And um, a lot fewer pesticides uh, were used because a lot of people still use very sustainable traditional methods back then. That's awesome. It kind of reminds me of my story too. I don't know if you grew up eating more standard American diet, but I did. And I also, alongside that, had a lot of access to fresh food because my grandpa was a farmer here in uh, Northern California. There are a lot of Japanese farmers and my grandpa was part of that community. So uh, even though we ate 
a lot of processed food, we also had access to fresh food as well. Something else that really stuck out about your story and resonated with me personally was how much your family has suffered. And it's so frustrating when that happens for for my family. We had it all, type 2 diabetes. My aunt had her toe amputated and her foot, and then she died and her kids had type 2 diabetes. And you mentioned food culture earlier. A lot of the eating habits were passed down generations and family members suffered the same consequences. I don't know if that's the right word. That that might be the insensitive word, but they they suffered severely as a result. And I would love to hear more about that in your family because that was something that really drew me into your story. And it's so true. And I can definitely relate to your story as well. And unfortunately, that's the story for a growing number of American families. We're actually in the middle of health epidemic of chronic diseases uh, that are really preventable. But in, in my case, heart disease was the one thing that really stood out above all else. And my parents, for example, were on high blood pressure medications for as long as I could remember. They had been told they would be on them for life. And that's pretty much what happened. My mom's uh, mother, my maternal grandmother, had uh, a stroke when she was about my age, uh, which is 72, uh, lost part of the use of her left hand. And my grandfather died of a massive heart attack in his mid-50s. And that's just on my mom's side. On my dad's side, I had an uncle who had five heart attacks, uh, the last of which took his life while he also uh, battled cancer. I had aunts that you know died from aneurysms. I had one aunt that had a simultaneous stroke and heart attack uh, which took her life. So it, it, it ran rampant throughout the family. And, and I was always aware of that. I didn't really know what to do about it. Uh, but I started reading and, and getting more interested in diet, health, lifestyle, when it started to affect my generation. And the most notable stories for me, family stories, are the ones that started happening to my younger cousins, one of which came home from work and uh, with a splitting headache, went to bed and never woke up. He had an aneurysm, had been on medication for high blood pressure and thought it was under control, but obviously there were other issues uh, that weren't being addressed. And then the most shocking was a a 40-year-old cousin who was active, went on, uh, was ready to go actually on a, a vacation with his wife got stuck in security at the airport, told his wife to go ahead. He never showed up. She went, started back to security to see what happened, saw a crowd gathering, got to the front of it, and there he lay. He had had his very first heart attack, uh, which was fatal. And he also had a history of high blood pressure, was on medication, and thought it was under control. So these things really made me realize that I had to do more for my health. And wow, first of all, I'm really sorry. That's awful. It's really awful that all those things happened to your family. I'm I'm sure there was a lot of sadness surrounding and I'm sure there still is sadness. You mentioned that you started educating yourself and wanting to learn more. What changes did you make and how did you seek out that information? You know, at at first, 
I just started paying more attention to what I ate and how I felt afterwards because as I was turning 30, uh, which I thought was a big deal, you know, it sounded really old, but I did notice that after my typical fast food lunch, which was typically uh, burgers, fries, a pizza, fried chicken was, you know, very popular and still, still is here in the South. I noticed my energy would fall through the floor and I would have to drag myself through the rest of the afternoon. And I started to make the connection between what I ate and how I felt. And then little by little, I started cutting back on the things that I I knew were not good for me. And that was mostly fried foods, foods that were greasy, foods that had a lot of sugar, uh, a lot of oil. Uh, so those are the things I, I got rid of first, uh, kind of the low-hanging fruit. And uh, donuts went out the window, <laughs> fried chicken. I stopped eating fried chicken. I still ate chicken, but back then people thought that if you just take the skin off, it's okay. <laughs> and uh, But I, I eventually gave up chicken and ate for about 20 years until my 50s, a mostly vegetarian diet. I say mostly because I still ate fish and dairy and eggs, but I thought I was doing something good and I was doing something good for my body. I felt good. Uh, I didn't have a weight problem. But then in my mid fifties, my blood pressure started to creep up. And that's when I realized, uh, well, before I realized what was happening, because I thought I was doing enough. I was eating better than most people I knew, thought I was eating pretty well. But that's when I realized that, uh, you know, there's something more I need to do. And along that path, I had to start on blood pressure medications. And that was, I remember I was depressed, quite frankly. Uh, I kind of felt like a failure because I thought I was doing the right things for my body and it, it, it wasn't working for me. So that was a, a pretty tough moment for me. But there were a couple of incidents Uh, that I can tell you now, if you like, that really told me that I I couldn't just accept uh, what was happening to me without going further, uh, without doing more reading, uh, without educating myself more. And that's when I was fortunate enough to be uh, recommended, uh, referred to a cardiologist who was also plant-based. I had had a couple of incidents, so I was really happy to get that referral. I would love to hear more more about those incidents if you feel comfortable sharing. No, no, I, I really don't mind. Uh, there were there were actually a couple. The first one was pretty mild. I, I had started taking the high blood pressure med, and I, I was out in the evening in my yard. I was doing some you know minor yard work, and I got up too quickly, and I just felt lightheaded, like like I was about to faint, and that hadn't happened before. And so I wasn't sure if it was related to the medication or not. But then I started to uh, check my blood pressure uh, morning and evening. I just kind of wanted to see what it looked like, you know, not just at one point of time, but a couple of different, you know, times of day. And I started to do that pretty consistently. And I found out that my blood pressure was lower by 10, sometimes 15 points pretty consistently in the evening. So of course, my medication was calibrated on the morning readings because that's when you go to the doctor. You don't go to the doctor uh, typically in the evening. So that may have been part of it. The final event that 
gave me back my fire and my, my resolution to do more for myself happened when I decided to take a friend, an elderly friend, to lunch. So I picked her up. We got in the car, got on the freeway. It was only about 15 minutes from our house, the, the restaurant that we were going to. And uh, we were laughing, we were talking, we were having a good time. And all of a sudden, I started to fade. I felt like I was going to black out, actually. And so I gripped the steering wheel. I was terrified. I was really thinking as much about how to keep her from, you know, seeing my terror, you know, my fear. But all I could think of to do was to get off the freeway. So I, I, I gripped the steering wheel. I made my way to the nearest exit and then onto the surface road. And as soon as I got on the surface road, the feeling just passed. I mean, it just passed almost uh, like it never happened. So I wasn't about to get back on the freeway, of course. So we went on to the restaurant. It was only a couple of blocks away. We ended up having a nice lunch, made it back safely. But I will never forget that incident because to think about what could have happened, not only to me, but to my friend, let me know that I had to do more. I could not give up on, on my health and, and getting to the root cause of what my issues were with my heart health. And where did you go from there? Did you immediately seek medical attention? Well, yes. Well, I, I had had medical attention from just my general practitioner, and that's how I got the blood pressure medication. That's when I got the referral to a cardiologist here locally in Houston, who actually is one of the pioneers in plant-based and nutritional intervention to help patients either reduce reliance on medications or eliminate them altogether. Dr. Baxter Montgomery, um, he's pretty well known across the country in, in uh, plant-based methods of helping heart patients, well known by people like Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn, who I begin to read a lot of his work, also Dean Ornish, and I actually talk about uh, both of them in the book, as well as Dr. B, as I call him, Dr. Baxter Montgomery, who also, in addition to getting me started on the vegan phase of my health journey and helping me understand that a lot of the root causes for getting the high blood pressure, even after I was eating a vegetarian diet, is that the milk and the dairy are, were still problematic. And I didn't know that before. Wow. You've had a series of lots of unlucky and really difficult just lost to endure. And then it sounds like you got really lucky seeing a doctor that directed you in a place that potentially almost could have saved your life. So what, what happened next? You had that fire lit in you to really take ownership of your health. You had resources pointing you in direction of plant-based foods, but that's very different from what you had been eating. So help us see what happens next. Well, um, uh, Dr. Montgomery said to me after a few visits and in all of the tests that he'd run, because he practices, you know, traditional cardiology, so that's the same, but he has this extra component. And he said, you know what, if you really want to get off the medications, he says, you need to consider giving up all of the other animal products that you're eating. He says, you need to give up the fish. 
And I looked at him, you know, and I know he had seen that look before because I could tell by his reaction that he had, because I was thinking, no way, you know, am I going to give up my fish? And and he hadn't even mentioned the dairy, the cheese, which I loved. Uh, so initially I said, you know, no, thank you. But mm-hmm. after I thought about it and after I really realized what was at stake and, and I kept reading and the things that I, you know, was reading, I read a little bit about the China study and, and some other things. I began to see the bigger picture uh, that this just wasn't uh, something that my family had experienced or just something, something that I'm experiencing. You know, there's actually science out there to, to kind of point the way to what we can do to avoid a lot of these problems, even if we do have a family history. So I, I said, you know what, I'm going to do this. And, and I did. And uh, I, it took a while. I did not get the results I was looking for quickly. Some people do. Uh, I, I did not. But I kept going. You know, uh, I had my ups and downs. I kept improving, though. And that's what kept me going. I had enough positive results and feedback that I said, you know what, I'm going to keep doing this. And so uh, I did raw for a while. That helped. That was one of the things that, that Dr. Montgomery recommended. I don't eat all raw now. I don't think you have to do that. But I think for some people, it, it, it definitely has a benefit. And I think raw foods have fresh foods, raw foods, fruits, vegetables, salads also have a benefit for all of us. I'm so curious because I think this is a question many people have, and I've actually done research and haven't been able to find the answer. When you say it wasn't fast, because we we read so much about preventing and reversing heart disease and, and Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn's book, Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease, I remember reading that left such an impact on me. And it just feels like you change the way you eat, your blood pressure drops, you just things happen really fast. And if you don't get those immediate results, like it's just not working for your body. But that's not so much the case. But there's not a lot out there that says how long it could take, different, right. just different ways that it plays out. So I'm curious if you can give us a sense for the timeline trajectory, how that played out for you, because I think it could be helpful for other people who might be feeling discouraged. Well, yes, I'm, I'm certainly happy to, to share that because one of the things that I really emphasize in the book is that listening to your body and paying attention to your body is so important because we're all different. Just like we react to medications differently, we react to foods differently. And this is a journey. You know, it's, it's more of a marathon than a sprint. But the good news is, is that it's so encouraging when you see the results. And then you learn to, to really love foods that you've taken for granted before. So there's so many little victories along the way to keep us going. But it took me a while. I would say that, and I'm still on the journey. You know, I'm still learning. I'm still paying attention to my body, certainly as I age. One of the things that made my journey a little bit longer is it, 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 I had a blind spot for for healthy fats. I've always loved eating. I've always, uh, you know, loved foods and I loved nuts. And one of the things that slowed my progress was I realized because, again, I was paying attention to my body and I was also paying attention to the foods that I ate. And I was at one point getting 50%, even though I was vegan, I was getting 50% or so of my calories from fat, albeit good fat, it was olive oil, 
And then when I, I really cut olive oil out and all processed oils out, as I learned more about what they do to our, the linings of our arteries, I still ate a lot of nuts. I was eating a lot of seeds. I love avocados. Uh, I love food in general, <laughs> but I, I wasn't paying attention to how much fat I was eating. And, and even the FDA would even say that, you know, you don't want any more than 30% of your, your calories from fat. I was getting probably 50. It was healthy fat, but it was too much. So the, what I learned was, is that I really have to pay attention not just to whether something is plant-based or not, that's, the, that's, you know, that's my foundation, but I also have to make sure that things are in balance. So you say that your progress felt, felt slow, but that you were encouraged the whole time. So things started feeling better that motivated you to keep going. What were some of those things that you started to notice as you changed your way of eating away from animal products and to plant products? Well, of, of course, the... Um, the thing that got me on this path, you know, at the age of 30, which was my energy levels, what I have been really grateful for is that my energy levels now are as good as I can ever remember them being, even at 72. And, you know, eating lighter, uh, eating foods that are, are nutrient dense, as opposed to calorie, you know, rich, makes a big difference in how we feel. The other thing that makes a difference is it impacts not just our, our, our bodies and, and how we feel physically, but our, our emotional levels, the clarity sometimes of our thinking. There's a lot that, that eating a, a plant-based diet will do, particularly when we're paying attention to how our body reacts. So all of these things have been things that have kept me going. And, and I have to mention part of my decision uh, and my commitment to a vegan uh, lifestyle and diet is also animal rights. As I say, I grew up in Texas. Uh, my grandparents were farmers. So I grew up around pigs and chickens and, you know, cows, you know. And so I always had that connection uh, with, with animal life. And uh, that's another aspect that's joyful for me. And, and the title of my book, of course, uh, I chose that as the lead for the title, Joyful Delicious Vegan, uh, because part of my joy is to eat more compassionately. And that's compassion for my body, of course, but also for the animals. That's awesome. Yeah, Tony and I can definitely relate. <laughs> Our book is the Friendly Vegan Cookbook. And so <laughs> bringing just joy to the table and allowing ourselves to just make the most of the incredible whole foods that this planet has to offer exactly. in a really enjoyable way. I know you know, and we know, and anyone who kind of really steps into a plant-based lifestyle quickly learns that it's really no sacrifice. It's quite a joy to step into oftentimes cuisines, foods that many people have never even tried before. So I'm curious how that went for you on the food front. What foods do you love eating? Do you love making? How did that play out for you? Well, I, I tell you, I can't agree with you more when you say that this is not about sacrifice. It's not about denial. It is about finding new foods and, and some of the same old foods that you liked before and enjoying them in different ways. You can have all the flavors, all the tastes, you know, um, the spices, the herbs, it's, it's just amazing 
the fact that we can create pretty much any taste. We can recreate it. We can create it in different ways, depending on, you know, the, the ingredients we use. And so what I've found is that I enjoy eating now more than I ever did. And that is from a taste, strictly from a taste standpoint. The one thing that I, I will say is that I think we underestimate our bodies. And I talk about this a lot in the book as well. Our bodies are not machines. They're intelligent energy systems, really. And they will help us. You know, if once we start giving them, giving our bodies the foods that they need, we can tell the difference because they will adjust, our palates will adjust. And it doesn't take long for your palate to appreciate things that are delicious and, and also are good for you. And you'll find pretty quickly, and, and that can be very quick. I mean, I remember for me, it only took a few weeks for me before, even before I went vegan, to adjust to low-fat milk from whole milk. And, and I remember after my guests left once when I bought some whole milk for them, and I didn't want to throw it out, I tried to drink it and I couldn't. So the body will help us. And you'll look back and you, you'll wonder, wow, you know, I didn't know this was possible. Why didn't I do it earlier? That is a common thing for vegans to feel like, oh gosh, I just, I wish I had tried it earlier. I wish I had learned this information sooner. I'd like to pivot to your professional and personal life. I would love to hear about how your community took in your new lifestyle and how your new lifestyle meshed with your profession, because now what you do is different than what you were doing <laughs> at that time. So can you share with us, please? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know what? It's funny. Most of the people who have known me for, for the last, I would say, you know, 20 years or so are not surprised that I wrote the book. I, I you know, I was kind of early <laughs> to this lifestyle, particularly, as you mentioned, here in Texas. But people have been very accepting. I mean, I, I got teased a lot earlier. I still get teased. But I've really been so um, happy to see the, the vegan community grow and the plant-based community grow. And the, the general awareness uh, is, is much better now than ever. I, I'm just happy to be a part of kind of the, the, the voices of people, one of the voices to help continue to promote this lifestyle the health benefits. And, and for me, as a Black woman, it's really important to me on a kind of a, um, a social and a community level, because as, as you probably know, people of color, minority communities are hardest hit by any health statistic, you know, whether it's diabetes, as you mentioned about your family, heart disease. And we learned even during the uh, pandemic with coronavirus that these underlying conditions made that more deadly. And for African-Americans, for example, African-American women, we are about twice as likely to have a stroke as white women. We are 60% more likely to have uh, high blood pressure. And we die at an earlier age than most other ethnicities. And, and some of these same disparities we see, you know, of course, in Hispanic uh, communities and, and Native American communities are especially hard hit. So this is a really, I, I think, 
important message and an important time for us to have discussions like this. The reason I really wrote the book was to get this message out. And what I'm planning to do with it is to use it for outreach, for community outreach with churches, with civic organizations, groups that, you know, have a concern or an awareness about our health needs and disparities and want to be a part of the solution. It is so important and it is so wonderful to have such a radiant example of health leading the way and sharing so much valuable life experience and information. And so many people are pretty much everyone. Their health is in large part a reflection of what grocery stores are near them, how their family was raised to eat, the information that's been given around health. And that just differs based on things that are nothing about an individual. And so I'll say it's encouraging now to see so many more resources and information become much more accessible than it was in the past and seeing so much change happen. Can you speak to that a little bit? The change you're seeing in your communities, especially in Texas, are you feeling uplifted or are you feeling disheartened by what you're seeing, especially because you've been in this for decades now, sort of seeing the transformation of the world? Absolutely. No, I am so encouraged. And uh, the, the reason is, is that it's personal to me in a way because of my family history, as we've talked about, also because of the communities. I, you know, I live in Houston, Texas, an urban area in um, the center of the city. And I'm, I'm five minutes, you know, from a food desert where it, you would be hard pressed to find any quality fresh produce. And now, though, there are groups addressing that. Because in the middle of that food desert in Third Ward, as we call this area of of Houston, there's now a community garden that's been co-sponsored by Texas Southern University, which is a predominantly Black university. So, you know, people can go there. They can get fresh food. They often donate food if they have access to local groups, which is great. And then if I go a little bit east uh, to a more Hispanic neighborhood, on the eastern side of the city, there is Finca Tres Robles, which is a a small urban farm. And I actually belong to their CSA. They have actually community-supported agriculture. And so I, I joined, I get fresh produce every week. And they have a program where they are feeding families in that area of town, which is primarily a Latino community. And they provide food, for families who can't afford fresh produce. And they've been able to expand that program because of people supporting them and buying into it. So I'm just seeing a lot. And I'm seeing a lot of young people also starting to adopt or at least try a vegan lifestyle. Uh, There are vegan restaurants, some really wonderful ones, also five minutes from my house. So I'm kind of in the middle of the change. You know, I can see the way it used to be. I can see the need that's still there, but I also see great progress being made. That's great. I feel excited and inspired by you and what you're doing and just being a fantastic model to your community, to our community. And we're so grateful to have you on the podcast. Before we go, can you tell people where they can find your book and where they can find your information online? 
The book is entitled A Joyful, Delicious Vegan, Life Without Heart Disease. And it can be found anywhere book, you know, books are sold, online, Amazon, indie bookstores, which I like to plug those, a lot of local bookstores. I think it's important for us to support them. On my website, www.sharagiri.com, you'll find links to indie bookstores, to Amazon, to Barnes & Noble. So wherever you choose to buy the book, it's, it's available. And my uh, social media on Instagram is at Sharagiri. Facebook author page, also Sharagiri author. We'll make sure we put those in our show notes. Big thank you. I think it's really beautiful. A lot of people who experience um, traumatic loss inspires them to maybe become a doctor, study that disease, and they end up saving countless other lives. And we see that in you in a different way and becoming a food advocate, food justice advocate, a health enthusiast, and, and writing a book to be able to get information for people to be able to reclaim their health and potentially save more lives than you'll probably ever know is such a powerful way to to make an impact through your own life and also to sort of remember those lost who sadly didn't have the information soon enough. So I just want to give a huge heartfelt thank you for you. And thank you for the work that that you're doing also. One of the reasons, Tony, that I loved your book is because it's entitled Plant-Based on a Budget because Pretty much the communities I'm really passionate about getting this information to who uh, have less access to healthcare, for one thing. Doing things like this on a budget is really important. They can't go to Whole Foods necessarily. So it's really important, uh, the work that you're also doing to make this lifestyle more commonly accessible to everybody. Thank you for the kind words. Uh, I'm blushing over here. We really, should. <laughs> we really loved talking to you. We will plug all of your resources and encourage everyone to go buy your book, check you out online and uh, support everything that you're doing. Thank you again for coming on the show and we appreciate your time. Thank you so much, both of you. Huge thank you again to our sponsors, Petal, with their sparkling botanical beverages. You can find them at drinkpetal.com and Vital Body Therapeutics with their organic, high-quality hemp CBD products, which you can find at vitalbodytherapeutics.com. Thank you again. We hope you got some takeaways from this episode. Shara is a wealth of knowledge, and I can't wait to continue following her on her incredible journey. And I hope you decide to do the same. If you're looking for some more healthy inspiration, usually in the beginning of every year in our podcast, we bring on some really mega inspiring guests. So if you're hungry for more, head to plantpoweredpodcast.com and check out some of our other healthy inspiration stories there. There's one with Eric O'Gray about his journey finding health and adopting a dog and losing 150 pounds and and where he is now as a runner and an athlete and type 2 a story with Karen Brockway about type 2 diabetes there's a lot of a lot of good stuff there so be sure to check that out subscribe if you hasn't haven't already and if you feel so inspired to support the plant powered people podcast we would be so so grateful we have a patreon page at patreon.com/plantpoweredpeople 
and you can support the show with as little as, can you do a dollar a month, right? A dollar, five dollars, <laughs> five dollars a month. It all makes an impact and goes towards covering the costs of the show. So thank you all so much for listening. Wishing you the happiest kickstart to 2022, a healthy new year. And I hope that we can all step into this year and have some good health, good luck for all, the, all those around us. So thanks everyone. Bye. Bye.